0: Hi, everybody, this is John, and I'm in Bern in Switzerland where I've caught up with uh, Mohammed Noor and his family. Uh, I knew Mohammed and his family from our time in Alexandria, uh, which were very mixed, but uh, during that time of about a year, we got to know each other really well. And for me, it's really nice to see Mohammed again and to see his family again settled in Switzerland. How are you, Mohammed?
1: I'm really good, Mr. John.
0: Good. You're looking very well and your family are looking well. And above all, you're all looking really happy. Um, So it'd be really nice to have a chat with you and and really, for me, more to listen to you um, and learn a little bit more about your journey, um, how you ended up in Switzerland and what your ambitions are for the future. So maybe if you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, that would be really great.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, okay. I'll gonna start with uh, telling. Uh, first of all, that uh, my name is Muhammad Noor, and uh, I'm from Syria, from Aleppo city. And uh, I left Syria, me and my family together. So we are together now in Switzerland. So how it started? Actually, just like with during the war when it started in Syria in two thousand twelve. You know. After the protest and all the things, so it became a war and they start all the things. So, yeah, like during that time, we did not really were thinking that one day we would leave Syria or something. You know, we just said that is a fact and it's happened in our country, so we just have to face it and we have to survive somehow. And we try, we have to try to do something for for this for this country for these people to to keep holding on until, uh, when, until when the war would be over, you know, because we were believing in and we were really losing, not, we did not lose the hope that the, that the war would end up soon, you know. So we were living for like four years with, that, with it, you know, every day and all those things. Actually, it was like many times was so, getting many times so like, Hurt and uh, so difficult life should we be faced because of the situation, the conditions, what we were living in. What I have lost actually during the war is like I have lost two brothers of mine. You know, during the war they get killed. One of them has got killed in two thousand twelve at the beginning of the war by shooting from a sniper, and uh, he was like in his way of going to his work. He was working as a car keeper and uh, he just went passing the street you know and then like the sniper just shoot him because like the war in Aleppo and in syria in general that it was the war line it just a street to other street or from building to other building you know so you can it was really mass you can really not know where should you go and should you not yeah and then the other and then the second brother i have lost it was in 2014 and and this one has killed uh, by a permit pump uh, from a helicopter from the regime, the Syrian regime, you know, and uh, that uh, my brother, the second brother, I have lost him. It was like uh, through the work he was doing with the White Helmets. We were doing a volunteer work, me and my brother with the White Helmets. Uh, the White Helmets is like a, an organization has built in Syria as a volunteers from the Syrian people to give uh, a, sev- a civil service after when we have missed it in the area was out of the regime control, you know, and because of the often attacks, what is happening through, uh, from the, by the pumps, through like helicopters or airplanes or or ta- tanks or all this kind of problems.
0: I saw a great documentary, uh... <laughs> a while ago on Netflix about uh, the White Helmets. Uh, and I would recommend anybody uh, to see it. I don't know if you've seen it, Mohammed. Yeah. Uh But for me, it, it certainly opened my eyes to the amazing work that the White Helmets do in Syria. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, it's a shame to lose your brother, but uh, I would imagine there's a certain amount of pride in what he was doing.
1: Yeah, actually, this like this a movie about the White Helmets was recording exactly in the center where I was walking in. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it was recorded actually after the time when I lost uh, after when my when I get lost my brother, and uh, I get an injury that time. So I and I could not because I was with him at the same place when like we went. It was one attack happened one uh, place, and then we hear it, and we just run to the cars, and then we drove there. And when we arrived there was like a a, a place. It's called it's like a bus station and it was. Full of civils, people. They were just like taking the buses and tra- uh, traveling to other cities and all the things. So it was like really a lot of kind of a lot of a lot of people, you know, get killed and get injuries and all the things. And then we just could not see anything and just run to try to save as much as we can and just to see who is alive and to try to get to take them to transport them to the hospital. But unfortunately, that because of uh, when we until when we arrived there, like it took for us like around uh, around like five to ten minutes to, uh, to arrive to this place. And when we arrived there, it was like you know, the noises after the pump from the cars when it's like the cars was uh, fired, you know, and uh, while the air, you know, was exploding, and the, 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 the you know, that the sounds you cannot hear anything around you. So, in this time we were working and then in our walkie-talkie it was like from the team from our team in the center they were calling us like hey guys be careful the helicopters it's come back to the same place and they gonna throw a pump and we did not hear that because we were just like you know seeing what is going on around us and we're trying to do what like try to try to save people to try to see like they were just people in the ground cannot move they lost their legs they lost everything on their bodies and just just calling please help me so you are not able in this moment to think about anything else about you walkie-talkie or about anything you just get super confusing what you should do and what you can do and what you cannot yeah everyone just running you know without to know where is the bear meal pump it's coming to you know so i went to the east side My brother went to the west side and, you know, and then, yeah, it happened that the direction was my brother and two other colleagues, three other colleagues with one Canadian also, uh, one Canadian uh, person was recording, uh, making a a movie about the vitamins and all these things, was working, I don't know, in which company from Canada, he also got killed. Thank yeah. you for sharing that, Mohammed. I, yeah. I know it
0: must be difficult for you. Um, how old were you at this time, Mohammed?
1: That time was like. Uh, when I started to work with the White Hand Matter, I was like 17 years old. In 2013, and in 2013, I, I got 18 years
0: old. 18 yeah. years old, and. Well, Mohammed. It's already uh, four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Long time. It feels like a long time ago.
1: Yeah, but. Sometimes I really feel like it was yesterday, and sometimes yeah. I feel like it's, really was, it's been a long time. yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, I like, I could not actually continue with the work because I got injury in my leg, and I could not really do more, you know. So I just moved to be doing uh, office work, you know, with the writing reports of every time when the guy is going uh, to one attacks or something like that. You know, and yeah, I started to do office work because also I get like psychological problems with be scaring of hearing poor, poor pumps and all the things. Before I was not really, I was just like, I did not really test the pain that what it's really a pyramid it's mean. I just like used to go and to see people are all the things, but I don't know why I was not really scared. Like, I was not really thinking that something might happen to me. Because actually, like, what I was believing in, that if I'm doing really a good thing, and if I'm really saving life of a human being, that nothing would happen to me bad. Or nothing would, you know, because I'm doing really something good with saving lives. So the God or whoever, it's going to save me, you know. It's going to protect me to something would happen to me then. And yeah, like I did not say like I lost this 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 thing or disbelieving but but yeah when after this attack happened, yeah I was so shocked after that. I was so scared and all the things.
0: I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. And I
1: kept continuing the white hand match with even with the, my parents refusal refusing to me to go back. Like because I stayed at home for three months after wars, I could not move. I was like moving in a chair, you know, and then, like after three months, I was really like fighting with my, with my parents that I really want to do the white helmets again. you know I don't want to lose I don't want to lose this kind of job because for me it's it's really mean thing to be like it's a really important thing to be doing in the life you know I have test what is that work means, you
0: know, and I really see how beautiful it is. You know, but, I really uh, believe in. I, I have to say at this stage, as a parent myself, I can understand your parents' concern. Yeah. Having lost two sons already, it must be very difficult, and it must have been very difficult for them, Yeah. For you.
1: I, I really totally understood them, and I totally understand the point, but, you know, it's something important to be doing in the life, you know. Sometimes it's not... Like, for me, my life is not more expensive or not more important than my brother's life. You know, because my brother has spent his life for this kind of things, so my life is not more expensive. You know, this is exactly what for for me, because if I want to live my life to be happy, if I'm doing something like that, with saving life, or with doing support, or with doing help, or doing anything, you know, because we are, as a human being, we really need to be next to each other, not to be against each other. Yeah, and then, uh, like, until 2016, uh, it was, like, a bit quite difficult for us to continue living in Syria after wars, because we already, until 2016, I get also, in 2015, I have got lost also two uncles, one uncle also get killed by permit pump and the other get killed also by permit pump in another place. And, yeah, like my one of my uncle, the brothers of my, my, my father, was uh, working as a driver, bus, bus driver, you know. And, yeah, attack happened also in one bus station by, permit, by, by, by airplane from the regime. And yeah, so we reached the point that when it was so over for us, when we start to see that the chemical and the claws attacks, per bombs start to attacks Alipo, You know, it already attacked in other places, but when it start to attack in Alipo so it was like for us too much. And then we were living our our neighborhood, and then we start to see our next the next of our neighborhood we start to see the fist weapons you know start attacked and phosphor, which is like so horrible just burning everything you know and the, the the smell of it after the burn you know like if you would not get burnt from it bur- burning from it you know you cannot breathe then and then i just said like it's it's over it's too much. My parents really said, like, we give up. We really give up with being a patient and to stay in our homeland and to keep the hope that it's going to finish soon. We really lost at that moment because we really started to see that it's already too much and we cannot survive anymore because Aleppo has lived for for four years that it was the most dangerous city in the world, you know. And we we survived with all this time, but you know, human being also has limits. Not always can just be patient and just be watching him, himself and his family that he's losing one of his member, the member of his family one by one, one after one. This is not really easy. Like for me, it would be, it would be fine if, we, if it would be better if we just all of us we know that we live or all of us we are alive, you know what I mean? It would be much easier, wouldn't be that pain with that suffering you'll have to suffer every moment when you're seeing that. Yeah, it's, imagine, it's, 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 I mean, I can't even so, imagine actually, yeah, Mohammed. I mean, so I've so seen
0: it. pictures of it and, and yeah. that shocked me. So to have been there must have been. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm sorry, actually, like, I did not have to talk about all the things, but, yeah, like, still a bit, you know, still, like, pain, still hurting, so... I, yeah. And also, like, during the time before that I was also, like, doing... I was working as well with coffee net. I had, like, a coffee net for my own, and I was, like, you know, selecting internets and, yeah, doing something like that to, to own some money. And my father was also doing work with a... He used to work before the war as a car keeper as well, but he could not after the war because his his shop it just it cannot go it because it was a war line. And uh, yeah, he saw he brought a bus a service bus like micro bus, a small like you know bus for transportation, people for transporting people, and he was working with this. So in 2016, we just said that the really over. And we could we could own some money, you know, from the works. And my father said the car. And then we said, like, we have to start to our way, our journey to leave Syria. And then, like, uh, we went. We, my father, was his idea that we will go to the portals with Turkey until when we see, like, for this few months, until we will see when Aleppo would be better so we can get back again. But when we arrived there, we just realized that it's not possible anymore to stay in Turkey because they are not even accepting any refugees anymore in 2016 because it was already people stacking in the borders, Syria to Turkey, like around 2 million of Syrian refugees from Aleppo especially from Aleppo they were waiting on the borders because it was the war in, in Aleppo was like you know that they the government want to take all Aleppo so they were using many kind of problems which is have never seen it before mm-hmm. so yeah like a lot of people was there and then they started and when the, those people was getting by by illegal way to to, to Turkey, so the police is catching them and they're sending them back. They're not giving them uh, papers or nothing. So I just had to cover myself in Turkey for like around one month and getting transfer trans- transport, uh, transport by smuggler inside Turkey and I had to pay a lot of money for the smuggler like from Syria to Turkey and from Turkey to Turkey as well, like from the borders in Turkey, from Antarctica until Izmir, you know. So I went to Izmir because I saw that it's not any way possible for me to stay there, so again, I started going to start my journey to Europe. You know, they don't care. They really, the smugglers, don't care. They don't care about anything, they just care about the money. And they were always, you know, they are always lying to you. They said, like, you know, we will send you. We really don't care about money. We care about the lies. We are helping you, you know, because all the countries is against you. Nobody is coming to drop, to take you from your country to safe place. You know, we are we are human beings. We are next to each other. We are supporting each other. But when you are paying me the money that, you know, just for me to be able to, to buy a boat and to bring it for you and then just getting few money... And, you know, like, like you know, they just, like, saying that they're so nice, but actually they don't care. They just care about the money. And this was for the five of
0: you. This is yourself, yeah. your mother, and your then, father, yeah, your exactly. younger sister, and your younger brother. Exactly,
1: yeah, yeah for, five, for five of us. So, yeah, we we said, and then we give he, he gave us a prize, and then we said, okay, we're going to pay you. Because we have no other option, like... You know, the sea in front of us and the world behind us. So, I don't think it's a way to be back. You mm. know, we have to try. We have this chance now. Whether we survive, whether we die, we, you know, we have no other chance. So, we took this journey and then we started a boat for, like, driving inside the sea for two and a half hours. You know, and the boat was, like, you know, like, even not working, like, the machine, the motor... It was not even working, you know. And like the smuggler would never go with you in the boat. He he would just tell you that you should, as a refugee, you should drove it. You should drive it, you know. And even we have no idea how we can do that, but we just have to do it. So, yeah, we were driving like we were in the in the in the boat. Like it was seven meters. We were around thirty person, forty forty people, you know, young like girls, like, women, men, girls, babies, old people, many, many, many people, like, very really about 40, like, 37, 40, like that, you know, with some bags, important bags, bags for papers and all the things. Yeah, then when we arrived safely to Greece, you know. That was to Chios, was it? The Chios Island, yeah. Chios Island. The Kios, the Kios, the, uh, yeah, Chios Island in Greece. So, when we stayed in Greece, we stuck in Greece actually for one year and eight months. And actually it was my plan, since when I decided, it was our plan when we decided to go to Europe that we will get a go to switzerland why is the reason behind we said we're going to switzerland actually i have never seen switzerland i have no idea what switzerland is <laughs> or where is it existed in the map <laughs> <laughs> but, it's a little bit landlocked yeah yeah like yeah. I'm sorry but what is what how i know switzerland or how like how i heard about it just because i have an aunt she's living in switzerland since like five years you know, so like I know there's someone I want. I'm going to someone who I know to live with, and this is like really who he was the main point. Otherwise, like wherever I would I would be, just like to be a safe place. You know, so I yeah, always stayed in Greece for one year. At eight months, we moved. We were in one camp. We moved to other camp in Larissa city, and then we had to move to Alexandria. City, the Alexandria camp. And in Alexandria camp, we spent most of our time you know, on this journey and in Greece. And it was super cool, super amazing. In the case, in the time, it was so difficult. We were living in the tents. We were, like, ha- if you want to have a water, we have to take, a, like, you know, fill the bottles of water. And so far, we have to walk. If you want to watch our clothes, we have to walk. We have to come back with the cold water in the winter. Our tents are just only like <laughs> sleeping, getting up, we see seeing ourselves that we are
0: swimming inside our tents, I know. Know. We're kind of smiling and laughing about it now, but it, at the time yeah, it, was it was fairly <laughs> horrendous and, um, and I guess that's a baby bit like you, I, I remember the good times and, and somehow I've, I've managed to put the really bad times in the back yeah. of my head somewhere, but... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. really
1: like, was so difficult, but at the same time, really, what was like for us, it makes us really patient and to smile for the life that when we start to see you, you know, when we start to see you and your staff and your team and the other people and the other, a lot of volunteers was coming from all, like, around different countries from the world. You know, coming with a really big smile and you know, more understandable like working with really with understanding, with feelings that really these people it's so amazing. Just right. makes me cry really. When I see that really people really think over like think about us and really know what somehow understand our pain. And the reason behind leaving our country by forcing, you know, like, it's not, it wasn't our choice, you know. Yeah. I, I did never choose for myself to be called a refugee. And a refugee is not my name. You know, it's just like active, active things happen to my life that to became a refugee, but it's not my name is a refugee. And my name is Muhammad Noor.
0: certainly <laughs> you know? is exactly and Mohammed, you, you you worked with the medical team, I know yeah. Alexander, and you did some great work with them and and, and uh,
1: then yeah i studied in and man and and come, I start to be feeling like really I want to talk with people, I want to do all the things, but I could not speak one word in English. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke zero English that night. That was so difficult for me. Like, I tried to talk with you sometimes, you remember, like with Google Translator or something, or with other people. You understand? Know, I said that I really have to speak the, this language because I'm doing nothing, all these things. So it took for me, like, quite uh, six months or seven months. And then I was... I started to work as a translator for the medical team. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, I did not know actually how I made it. It wasn't, like, that good... Yeah, very you know, but like I could really survive somehow with that, you know, to learn by my own, you know, by different way. Just going to Catalina cafeteria, sitting there, using the internet, the Wi-Fi, like you know, having some lessons on YouTube, listening to some English songs, you know, like to be support me to to help to to get the language and also communicating with you with other people.
0: And after a long process, uh, you've now come to Switzerland. So, what I'd really interested to know is how you you feel on this part of your journey now. What 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 are your ambitions, and and how do you do you see your life in Switzerland?
1: Now it's uh, now already. I when I moved to Switzerland, other things. Now I'm living here like for ten months or quite let's say like one year. You know, I'm already living in the spit the, and. German speaking area, and uh, I already started to learn uh, the German language. So, another language
0: for you English, Arabic, and German, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, and next it will be French and, and French. Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I have to speak five languages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really would love to, okay. know, to be. I'm really trying to push myself hardly, because I'm saying that the resting time, like to have to rest and to have relaxed and all the things from the war and all the things, I have already done it in Greece for one year and eight months, you know, because I could not do anything there. So I said that now is the time really for me to work, you know, and to do really, to build a future for me and to doing all the things. So what I'm really planning now, like, I really do appreciate the Swiss help. And not only the Swiss help, I mean, like, I really appreciate all the countries who accepting refugees in their country and then they're standing really next to them it's really it's really the nicest things like you know saving the life of other people by keeping them in, in a safe place you know and supporting, support support supporting them I really want to study now as soon as I can to finish my studying with the language and then I'm planning now to do like to study a nurse you know because it's gonna be like the shortest part for me to be studying that. Like, actually, to be honest, what is my dream for studying? If I really want to do it, it's gonna be taking really long time. But why I don't want to do it at this time because I don't want to do my dreams studying in the time when I'm still not able to work or to do something to heal and just keep like taking not i don't I'm not saying that I'm using the social support or something. But I'm saying, like, just to leave with the social support. You know, it's not like I'm not really like I appreciate that they're supporting me for two years and three years when I really will be able to finish my study and to have my own work. You know, and I would just tell them, Thank you. That's enough for me. You know, now I can really stand on my own and I can really build for myself. And then I will do whatever study I want by paying from my pocket for for for, 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 the, for my study for my university for all the things you know at this point I would enjoy my lifetime you know then just to get like or whatever you know So really I want to appreciate I want to show to this country or to any other country we really want to show that we really appreciate what you are doing to us and we really do appreciate not only by saying even by active, but we really just need time to be sure that you know it's i cannot just arrive to this country and second day looking for a job and work it's not really that easy i need really time to learn the language i need the time to get a good edu- education education for one thing to be working on you know this is what i really need i wish that i would be able next day to work i would i wish to I would like to live my own life, to be, not belong to anyone, to live in my, like, to have in my pocket how much ever money I want to have, you know, for example, all the things. Like, I'm not really happy to just having, like, small amount of social support and just live with it. You know, like, nobody would like it. But I mean, like, we, that's like, that's like normal. So that's what we really need, that it's just a time. It's just a time for that, and we're really looking for that. In Life, it's going on with us, so we really have to do something. Until time when we go back to our homeland or whatever, at least in the end that we really did something. And it, I would always be happy when I remember the time in Greece that I really look back, I have done something for this country. I have memory in this country. I did really something nice in this country. I did not just like doing nothing. You know, this is exactly what I want to build here in Switzerland, or next day in, in my homeland, or wherever, in any other place, you know. This is exactly for me what is the meaning of, of, of living, of life, you know.
0: To you it's very important, I think, I got the feeling, maybe just talk about it, is that you feel that you have an obligation, maybe that's the wrong word, to repay Switzerland for the the, the hospitality that, that, that they've given you by working here and and uh, and showing that you can.
1: Exactly. This is what I really
0: like. I, like. I want what I want to do is like just
1: like I have already explained that what I want what I'm really planning to is to show that I'm really working, not to show I'm really working. You know, not yeah. by showing, by really active. You know. What I really plan for is to make, like, first of all, like to study as a medis, uh, as a nurse, you know, and in this point it can make for me a opportunity to enter to be studying about a paramedic, you know, and in the time when I study about paramedic, I will reach one of my dreams work <laughs> because I have many dreams work, <laughs> yeah. but one of my dreams work is to work as a fireman here in Switzerland. To go back to the action. Action, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but really for me, it's not about the action. It's about that, it's an important thing to be doing with saving life. It's still like for me, it's the nicest feelings I have ever seen and I would love to see it. If. And yeah, I would love to do something like this, you know, here in Switzerland or in any other different country. So this is like, how is it? So I am I wanted to study for this three years now, like, like to make a nurse. And then when I will have this uh, paper, you know, and I will apply to work in hospital as a nurse. And from my working as a nurse, to take this, like my salary and to pay th- by myself for
0: the university for studying a paramedic. It's been a real privilege for me to know you and your family. And... Uh, you talked earlier about, you know, um, people know you as a refugee. And I'd have to be honest, obviously that's how our paths crossed. But having listened to you now, I think I'm just going to say you're Mohammed the humanitarian, the man that wants to make a difference to other people's lives. And uh, thank you so much. Thank uh, I you, just think really, you and your family are amazing. Really thank you. Thank and you for everything. What thank you happened. for sparing the time to talk to me.
1: Thanks, Allah. Really. I appreciate everything also, Mr. John what you and as your team, as a refugee support, they will really have done for us, you know, how you stand next to us, you know, in Alexandria and in Greece, in the camp, in the time when it was so difficult for us to be spending really...